You guys have no idea what we are capable of when we get really frustrated and that roar just needs to emerge. And so beware of the roar, amen. Didn't our ladies do a great job? Amen. Those words were recomposed by one of our own, and uh, of course the ladies did, all did a great job singing and, and portraying that, um, that song, and we just kind of made it our own. And so in looking at that and um, being a part of creative arts and being part of the worship ministry, I obviously had a heads up on what we were doing. And um, so I thought when pastor asked me to do this weekend's message, I thought, hmm, okay, you know, creative stuff started flowing. I thought, well, we're just going to do, we're going to go around the whole roar thing, the whole lion thing and just see where this goes. So I immediately, I went to the word and I said, all right, let's see what God's word has to say about lions and roaring. And so um, looking at um, Genesis 49.9, it says this, it says, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He, he couches, he lies down as a lion and as a lion, he dares rouse him up. So I said, okay, well, let's see what else, what else there is in Numbers, Numbers 23, 24. And it says this, behold, a, a people rises like a lioness and a lion lifts itself. It will not lie down until it devours the prey and drinks the blood of the slain. And I thought, okay, well, you know. So then, then I went on to um, verse um, Numbers 24, 9, which I just read, and then... Um, there was another verse, it talked about crouching and, and not arousing the lion. And I started thinking, okay, <laughs> well, maybe we won't use those scriptures uh, per se to talk about um, what it, and then I started thinking, well, you know, some of the things that I would be aroused by, or maybe some of you guys, you know, and that's when he, somebody takes your silverware out in the yard to work on a vehicle maybe. And I thought, oh, I don't know, maybe I would crouch a little bit and then, uh, you know, or accidentally erases the episode of NCIS that you've been waiting for and uh, sit down to watch it, you know, because you're out doing God's work and all of a sudden it's not there. Or maybe they found that stash of Thin Mints that you hide because you can only get them one time a year. And so they may be your favorite cookie. I'm just, I'm just saying hypothetically speaking, this, these things could happen, you know. And I thought, well, the more I thought about it, I thought, well, maybe I could, you know, rip somebody's arm out and drink their blood. I don't know. Uh, but in seriously, when you think about a, um, a lion that crouches, and uh, for those of you that are worried, I'm going to trip over this bat, I see it, and I'm, I'm good, okay, I promise. And um, so uh, you start thinking about the emotions, what the things that arise or that are aroused when you think about mothers, because mothers by nature, and that's the way because God created women, emotional. And so there's a lot of emotion that's around that. And, and you know what, maybe, maybe you are not a mother. Um, maybe you don't even know your mom, you know, or, or you are a mother. I mean, just all these things that, that could be happening right now in your life and, and all the, the things that you're going through. And maybe, maybe your mother's your best friend, or maybe you consider your mother the source of the issues that you have in your life. You know, when we talk about mother, it brings up a lot of emotions because some people's mothers are, are living right there with them in the same city, and then others, they're already living in heaven. And so, you know, when you think about all the things that surround 
mom and around Mother's Day. It means a bunch of things for a bunch of different people. And so, you know, all those things begin to arise. And when, when those things begin to arise, and, and going back to those scripture verses, when you think about the thing when it talks about arousing a lion and a, a lion crouching down, you know, it's because they're waiting for something, you know. And, and there's a lot of things that God is blessed with being a mom. There, there are some great responsibilities, great opportunities, and great rewards. And just looking at some of the things in Proverbs 31, some of the things it says, an excellent wife, works hard, strength, compassion, dignity, security, kindness, wisdom, fear of the Lord. Her husband praises her. Her children rise up and bless her. Some of those are great attributes of a woman. However, being a woman, I do know that I'm human. And a lot of times those attributes get really bogged down in the roar that just rattles in my subconsciousness. And when, when life happens and when things happen and when issues happen and I just get really, you know, really bogged down in, in, just, in just life. So I began to go back to looking at the comparison you know, when I started thinking of that, the comparison of the lion family or, or the pride, uh, the lion pride. And, you know, I've always had an affinity with lions. I'm a graduate of Red Bank High School in Chattanooga, and they were the lions. And, you know, I remember even then my room had lions all over it. I played sports, so we always had the, the mascot. So I always loved that, that mascot and that, that, that imagery of the lion. And then as God had began to shift me and call me into ministry and into worship, I began to understand another imagery of, of the lion, and that was the lion of Judah, the, the lion that came out of the tribe, which is called praise. So I always had that affinity with lions. And so I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to South Africa and to, to help some of uh, the people that we sponsor over there. A great opportunity. If you ever get a chance, I would suggest you go. And one of the times that I went, we took a safari. So having this natural affinity with um, wanting lions and, and, and just kind of in awe of them and all the, the imagery that, you know, I've had with this all my life, as soon as we had an opportunity to take pictures, and if you don't know me, I like to take pictures of everything. My children make fun of me. My husband makes fun of me. And they've now come to realize any trip we take, any family thing, it's all about the pictures, whether it's my phone or whatever. You know, I'm having to take pictures. So we all ramble out, and we have to climb up this hill. And there's this big, huge fence that has, I can't tell you how many thousands of volts running through it to keep us and the lion separated. So we're up there taking pictures and everything. And me and Jennifer Rose, who works on our family ministry staff, we're all the way at the end and we're taking all these pictures and we're zooming in and, and uh, everybody else kind of had drifted back. And one of the pictures I took is um, this beautiful guy right here. I just thought he was just amazing and just seeing him that close. And, and uh, you know, it was just an amazing thought. So we, as we begin to take pictures, you know, we, Jennifer and I were way up here and, and everybody else had kind of worked their way back to where the little thing that we rode in, the little truck thing that we rode in. And there was us and there was this other guy and he, we were kind of separated a little bit. And uh, again, we were taking pictures and we noticed that this lioness started crouching down a little bit. She started, you know, kind of creeping a little towards the, the, the 
grass thingy that was, you know, between us and the fence. And, and so, uh, so anyway, you know me, I'm looking through my zoom lens and I'm, I'm uh, snapping pictures away. And then, you know, the other guy got really close to the fence because he had a smaller camera. So he was right up next to the fence and he began to take these pictures. All of a sudden, the lioness leapt, leapt at the fence and of course, just as you jumped, Jennifer and I jumped, but that poor guy that was right near the fence, I mean, it scared him to death. And, and the, one of the reasons that it was so terrifying, even though, you know, other than just the sheer fact it was a huge animal, and um, even though there was a fence there, is the, the, the magnificent roar that a lion possesses. And so I want to tell you a little bit about that roar. And, and you know, we know the lion is called king of the jungle, but his roar can be heard up to five miles away by the human ear. And they don't even know how far away it can be for an animal's ear. And, and as studies show, it said a lion's roar is one of dominance and protection of the pride. The, you know, there could be more than one male in the pride, but there is one dominant male. And their roar is the way God created them is not only so voluminous, but whatever the frequencies and everything, when it comes out, it paralyzes its prey and it paralyzes its enemy. And that's one reason and it, and a lion can consume those things because they're, they're just absolutely terrified and paralyzed. And I can understand because when that lion has jumped at the fence, I was, I was pretty paralyzed too and I wasn't the poor guy in front of it. And so, so that, that's, that's just the, the male lion. When you think about the lioness, and so I went and I started, you know, Google is your friend when you're looking for, for these things, you know, to um, expand upon. Um, when I started looking at the lioness, I started looking at the different ways that she uses her roar. She's the hunter. The lionesses are the hunters of the pride. They go out and uh, do all the work. Just saying. Um, they, they go and do the killing and they bring it back and then they let the, the guys know dinner's ready and um, they, they roar to let them know that they have, they have found, you know, whatever they have been hunting and that it's ready or that, you know, there's going to be more help, that they need to come help and help take down that. Also, there's a roar when she's in protection of her cubs, when there's an intruder or something that is coming in to bother her cubs, there's a roar. There's a, a roar when she's teaching, when she's teaching her cubs how to hunt and how to do these things and, and, and as, she, as they grow. And then there's also a roar when she communicates because while the, the male lions are out and about, um, the, the lionesses are, are watching over their territory and watching over, over their pride. And when an intruder comes that is too big for them to handle, they begin to communicate. Um, and not necessarily to the other men in the pride, but to that one specific male that is the head of the pride because they want they want to know that they need to get back there. And they look to that, that head person, to that head lion, to be part of, of what's happening. So when you, when, now that I've kind of given you a little explanation, a little uh, Google about a lion's roar, I just began to formulate just some points about the roar. And so, again, I'm a woman. This is Mother's Day, so this is going to kind of be geared around us, you know, as women. But... Never fear, guys, if, if you're a husband or a boyfriend or um, if you're a, a son or a daughter, 
this will be very beneficial to you because if you could maybe understand where the roar comes from, it might help you be able to be a little more understanding. So anyway, the first thing is to understand the roar. So women, we got to understand the roar. What is, what is a roar? A roar is a release. You know, there's a, a, a release of all kinds of things depending on life situation. And, you know, sometimes, you know, um, it's, it's cr- it looks like crying, you know, or sometimes it looks like a snippy comment or sarcastic comment or, you know, sometimes it, it looks like yelling. How many of you ever had a roar that was kind of a little bit of a yell and I see the elbows being, you know, some brave women, you know, and I was even thinking, you know, cause this is definitely a little different for me. I'd rather be holding my little silver microphone and in my element, you know, leading worship, I'm cool with that. Um, but when you think about the responsibility of preaching the word and that lives hang in the balance, I'm like, huh, okay, so I'm a little anxious, you know, and so I have to admit, I, there was a little roar happening, you know, in practice today, I was, I was all right, don't leave me in the dark, you know, take the lights down, you know, and, you know, and Michael, where's my bat? I had my bat, somebody took my bat, and, you know, and all these things, and so, you know, so the roar looks like a, different things. It's, it's a release, you know, because of stress or because of anxiousness or because of heartache. There's all kind of different things that, that, that roar might be, be released as, and it's not always necessarily a bad thing, ladies, but understand it understand it and be, be able to, so that you can be able to know what to do with it. You know, as far as <clears throat> when you think about us being emotions, emotion driven sometimes too much, you think about it, the, our emotions being a blessing and a curse. And I know men, sometimes it's hard to understand why we could, you know, have the unconditional love that we have sometimes. And some of you mothers really understand that, you know, it, regardless, you know, it, the term, their poop don't stink, is really a, a familiar term because it's like, oh, when they're babies, you know, nothing's bad. And, you know, and being a new grandparent, it's like, oh, it, she's perfect. It doesn't smell bad at all, you know, and, you know, everything's great, you know. And so you love unconditionally, but the, but the emotions can be a blessing and a curse because, you know, the, it goes sometimes too far. You know, when we, when we love so much, we move into an a realm that sometimes is unhealthy because we go too far and we protect too much and those kind of things. And, and another thing that our emotions, ladies, um, I know maybe, maybe you guys are more spiritual and have it more together than me, but a big thing for me is a no-win situation. I constantly find myself in. You know, I always worried about that each kid feels like I love them all the same, that it's always fair, and that there's as many pictures, you know, on the mantle of one as there is the other, and pages done in the scrapbook, or at Christmas time, no lie, they all still have the same amount of gifts. I mean, it's just, if I have to wrap up, you know, whatever. And so it's just making that unfair. But so many times I find myself in an unfair, in a no-win situation, trying to do the right thing, and, and it's still seemingly what I feel like hurts somebody I love. And it's, and then I feel guilty. And then I just, you know, because, you know, kids as they do, they might use that to their advantage and manipulating the situation. And, and, um, and so you, you just have no idea. And, and my husband's looking at me thinking, why in the world do you feel bad about that? I don't know. I just do, you know, it's just, and he says, I would, you know, I just go on. It's okay. It's nobody, you know, and, and, but 
us women, am I the only one? Am I the only one that finds myself in a no-win situation? Okay, thank you. Because, because of the way God geared us and our emotions get so entangled and wrapped up. And again, husbands, men, dating, you know, uh, teenagers, I want you to understand why we think and why we do the things we do. And I, I can promise you this, anytime I release a roar that is, that is one I wish I hadn't released, I always feel bad about it. And so never think that that mother or that, that woman in, in your life is doing that because they're just, you know, hateful and they just, you know, whatever else. Just trust me on that, that it, it's a release because sometimes we just don't know what to think or what to feel. And then there's a roar when you're protecting your cubs. How many ladies? How many when somebody messes with your kids? Even though you know the teacher is the authority, it's like, she could have said it different, you know. <laughs> did Junior have to sit out, you know, did the other kid have to sit out and time out too, you know, I, I wanna make sure it's, just making sure it's fair, you know. And so, but when it comes to kids, or the worst is, I remember when Faith was um, in sixth and seventh grade, there's, oh, middle school girls, holy moly. I, I'm so thankful for our student ministry, but you know, and you think, you hear them talking, and you're thinking, they are so mean to each other. And then, you know, you have to battle not to get involved and say, uh, excuse me, you know, that's my daughter. And, you know, so you, you know, when it comes to your, your kids, that roar is just like right there. And if you're not careful, it's going to come out. There's also in the spiritual realm, when you talk about the spiritual things of, of your family, you know, there's a spiritual thing you have to understand. And it's okay that you, you have to fight for your family. And then there's a spiritual roar that's kind of, that just kind of stays right here. And sometimes it's praise and just teaching your family how to praise in the good times and the bad times. And, and sometimes it's a roar of just taking authority and, and, and praying over your family. So first of all, we want to understand the roar. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is, is manage the roar, which is not always easy. Again, being an emotional person, and I'll just, I'll just say me, okay? Being an emotional person, sometimes it's hard to manage the roar. And, and when you think about roar management, and that's what I'm just going to kind of look at it. When you think about roar management, think about the projection of the roar. Where is the projection going? You know, who is it aimed at? Where, where is it going? Because once it's out, it's out, isn't it? Have you ever had a roar just kind of come up and go out and you're wanting to put it back in and it's, you know, it's, it's too late, it's there. And you can see the look on their face, their eyes are big and it's like, or you can see that look, I don't know. My spiritual husband hardly ever gives me those kind of looks, but I know <laughs> when I've, not um, had very good roar management and uh, the look happens and um, I know, okay, that was, that was probably a roar that wasn't necessary, but um, I'm so thankful that he's so patient with me um, most of the time. And, um, <laughs> and, and looking at our roar management. So, and, so in roar management and, uh, and managing the roar, you, you have to go back and understand the roar. Okay, where is this coming from? And I have to start, you know, I have to stop and ask myself, okay, where is this coming from? Is this a spiritual thing? Is this a, a flesh thing? What, am I tired? Am I, you know, am I, am I emotional? Is it, you know, 
just those kind of crazy times and then my anxious, why, why, am I, why am I feeling like that? Why do I feel like I just want to not just roar but bare my teeth and my fangs and, um, and, and just kind of let it, let it out? And then I started remembering, okay, you know, once that roars out, there's a five-mile radius and, uh, and again, paralyzes the person <laughs> that it's projected at. And so um, I, I started thinking, you know, as, when I was reading through this and, and kind of getting ready, I thought, oh, my, I do need to, <laughs> I need to work on some, some more management even now. And so I began to think, what is a way to deal with roar management? And the big things, ladies, is... is um, is being filled with the Holy Spirit and walking day to day with God. One of my favorite verses is Romans 12, 1 and 2. And it says, therefore, I urge you by the mercies of God to present yourself a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed by the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And so... In, in rural management, you have to surrender yourself to the Lordship of Christ, you, which is your reasonable service of worship to the Lion of Judah, the Lion of Praise. And so, in, and just kind of surrendering yourself with that daily walk. Because I, I can tell a huge difference. When I'm not walking with God, man, that roar is like right here all the time. And so I began to just ask God, just to help me, help me understand where this is coming from, you know, and, and help me understand how to manage it. And, those guys, and then, and then I, the third thing I want you to think about is the influence of the roar. Because, again, a, a roar is not always necessarily bad. There's some things that a roar can really do that are positive. Because we, when we roar, just like the lioness, we teach. You know, and the Bible says you can be angry and yet don't sin. There's a time when you can, you can roar because you have to to get their attention or to, to make a point, but it's, it's roaring with the right projection, the right understanding, and the right heart to where it's not heard five miles and it's not paralyzing, but it's in a teachable moment. You know, and then, you know, <clears throat> the influence comes even when you love when it hurts and when sacrifices are made. The influence of the roar is, is huge. You know, and I just, I begin to think, you know, how could I better use my influence um, in the roar, with the roar? And I started thinking there are some outside roars that I have to be careful of. You know, there's outside roars that, you know, even if I understand and I manage it and I'm using my influence with, with, with what God has given me, you know, there's a, there's a, there is a time to roar in the spiritual. And that is when the enemy is messing with your cubs, when the enemy is messing with your family, when the enemy is messing with your ministry and your church. You know what? That's the time to unleash the roar. And there's, there's a physical, but I believe strongly that there's a supernatural roar. You know, and if we are made in his image, and if we are children of God, then we, uh, we, have, been, we have been put, there's been a roar put in us by the Lion of Judah. There's been a roar that's been put in us, I believe, to worship, but I believe to, to take hell by storm. And especially, I'm telling you, there's nothing that will bring the roar out faster in me than my family. And, you know, and I think about all the times in the supernatural that the enemy has come after my kids, has come after my husband. And you know what? I, got, I just, I begin to unleash the roar, the roar in me and say, hey, 
you better back up. You know, this is, this is my house. This is my husband. This is my kids. This is my church. And you are not going to get it because, you know, it says in 1 Peter 5, in chapter 8, it says, be sober in spirit. Be on the alert because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking to whom he may devour. Well, you know what? He's not devouring my kids. He's not devouring my husband, and he is not devouring Faith Promise Church if there's any roar left in me. Amen? Amen. So you have to, you have to unleash that roar, and you cannot be timid. But if you remember back when one of the things that a lioness does, that is he, he um, the lioness begins to communicate. If that dominant male is off and not around the pride, the number one communication, if, if, if the intruder is there and it is too difficult to handle, too much to manage, the communication goes out. And that, that dominant male comes back. And, and one of the biggest things about his roar is not only is it heard up to five miles. If you don't remember anything, you'll remember that, aren't you? But it's a roar of dominance. And something that they say is when, when the male lion comes back to the pride, and, be, and as soon as they, they hear the roar, there is security. There is security in, in the pride. Because there's still an intruder. And there's still things happening, but they know, they know that that leader, that dominant leader is there. So let me tell you, moms, when, when all hell's breaking loose, when the enemy who's seeking to devour is roaming around like a lion, there is a dominant lion that is stronger. And you got to send the word out. You got to send the word out and get the lion of Judah right back in the center of your home. Because let me tell you, when he takes control, there's security. That doesn't mean it's trouble-free. That doesn't mean things don't happen. But it knows that there is peace that surpasses all comprehension. You know that whatever happens, he is in control and that he will happen. And so when I started to begin to think about the, the line of Judah and the protection that he brings and the, the security that he brings. There's a scripture in Revelation 5, verses 5. You know, John was brought up to heaven and he was shown a lot of things he didn't understand. And he was shown these scrolls and there were a lot of things written and, and it was all these things that were gonna happen and they said, nobody can open these scrolls, nobody. And, and John began to weep and he said, he said, I don't understand. There's nobody worthy to, to open the book. And, and one of the elders said, and, and looking in verse 5, said, John said, one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome, so as to open the book and the seven seals. So what I took from that is God is worthy and God is able. Jesus is worthy and Jesus is able. Jesus is worthy of, of our praise. Jesus is worthy of that place of authority. And he is able to take care of anything that you need. And so I began to think about the women in the room and how we could offer hope. You know, because there's just some women in this room that have probably walked, or, walked away from their kids. 
It just, you know, it just happens. There, there's statistically in all the campuses that will be represented at Faith Promises Weekend, statistically there's, there's women that have walked away from their kids or from whatever reason and, and, and carry that burden. Then there's women that their husband has walked away from them and left them with cubs to raise and to try to, you know, that she, they, she just feels like there's no, there's no protector, there's no dominant male to come in and take care of her. And then there's women in the room that, that have cubs that have gone away. They're not just from her, but gone away from God. Everything that she, everything that she has poured in, they've walked away from that. And so knowing me as a woman, I, I know that no-win situation that we put ourselves in, well, I deserve it. You know, it's because I did this, you know, and, and he, they always get my bad traits. You know, all those things. But I begin to think, there's hope. And I want you to know that Jesus is worthy and he's able. So what, what I'd like to do is I'd like to love on some women in the room. Will you help me love on them? And so what I want you to do is, if you're one of those women I described, and you just need hope, you need that dominant lion of Judah to come in, come in. And, and take care of things. I want you to stand to your feet. Please don't be embarrassed or, because what we want to do is we just want to pray over you. So if that's you, if you're a woman, thank you for being so brave. If you're a woman and, and you're experiencing some of these things and, or you just need prayer as a woman, would you just stand to your feet? Stand to your feet so we can pray for you. You know, see a lot of women with tissues and a lot of women crying. That's just what we do. That's what we do. I wish, I wish I could explain it to you guys. I really do wish that somehow I could explain it, but I can't. But every woman standing up knows exactly what I'm talking about. So if there's a, a, a precious woman standing beside you that needs, that needs the line of Judah to enter in and take control, would you just, would you just get around them? Or would you just lay your hands and pray over them? And um, we're going to just pray as a, as a family. This is what we call body life at Faith Promise Church. So every campus, make sure, you know, that, that the people are being taken care of, the women. And let's just pray, God, in Jesus' name, would you just arouse? Would you bring in the dominant? And God, I just pray that you would just be their hope. God, that you would be their praise and that you would be the peace that surpasses all comprehension. And God, that they would know that it's going to be okay. Even if it is their own fault, even if they did something, God, you are the God of second chances and you loved us so much with an unconditional love that we can accept that. And so Lord, help us to forgive ourselves. Help us to understand. And in Jesus' name, mend hearts. In Jesus' name, bring prodigals home. In Jesus' name, mend marriages. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Now there's another group of people that are here this weekend at every campus. And they don't have a clue who the line of Judah is. You know, and I, I just want to tell you just a little bit about him. It's more than a roar. It is a personal relationship that I have with this person whose name is Jesus. And yes, he is from the tribe of Judah. 
Yes, He is the dominant person in my home and in my life. And it's because at one point in my life, I bowed, not my physical knee, but the the knee of my heart to Him. And I said, God, you are worthy and you are able. My sin has separated me from you. And I just want you to come in and I want you to be the dominant in my life. And everything I have, every gift, everything I have is yours. So if that's you and you've never done that, let me encourage you. We're going to pray right now. And it's not about the words you say. It's about the condition of your heart. So will you make your heart open and ready for what Jesus wants to do in your heart. So faith promise, well, let's just pray this prayer with him. So if, you, if this is you and you have never received the line of Judah into your life, this is your opportunity. So let's pray with him, faith promise. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for responding to my cry. Thank you for loving me in spite of myself. I know my sin separates me from you. And I just ask you to come into my heart and my life because you're worthy and you're able to give me a relationship with God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did this today, we have campus pastors that are working their way down. If you did that today, would you come talk to one of our pastors who are going to be down? We're going to sing a song that as we go out, and there's people that want to pray with you. Or take the communication card that is either in the seat back pocket in front of you or somewhere near the seat at whatever campus you might be at. And will you take the opportunity and write on that card that you accepted the Lord into your life and and so that we can help you and we can help you take that next step or if you need prayer write that down and there's there's boxes that we put our offering in and put them in that or give it to one of the campus pastors don't leave here without taking that next step so that somebody can help you has it been great to be in the house of God this weekend not what you were expecting was it All right, well, we want you to love on mamas and we want you to love on the women in your life that are are special to you. And we're just going to, we're going to leave with a song in our heart, amen? Have a great weekend and we'll see you next weekend.